0: We are geek centric and you can be too.
1: What's up, geeks? A happy belated new year, and welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. For you newbies out there, we like to talk about movies, TV shows, toys, and collectibles basically everything geek centric. And today, we're coming at you with a very special episode. That's because we're taking a look back at the year that was 2021, highlighting our highs and lows of the last year in entertainment. We'll also share what we're looking forward to most in 2022. So strap on your proton packs, call a bunch of actors that previously played the titular role in your superhero movie, and take that red pill, because we are rebooting up. Joining me today, we have the original J-Law. I assure you, he had the nickname first, because I've known him for more than two decades, and we were calling him that in the 90s. It's <laughs> Justin Lawrence.
2: Vindication! Thank you. Thank you for proving Finally. the point. Yes, I exactly. will go on the record
1: any time <laughs> to defend you with that. Don't you worry. Awesome. And next to him, on a monitor, in a tiny window too small to hold his big, beautiful personality, it's Nate Shelton. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's where you went with that. That was great. Okay. Just for the record, everyone, big,
0: beautiful personality. It's on record. Perfect. Yes, exactly.
1: I will go on record to defend both of those things. Amazing. Uh, well, gents, it's great to be back in our respective studios bringing all the geeky news and reviews to our beloved geeks out in the geek Geekiverse. Uh, now, we're sitting down to do the show a little later than it. Expected as the holidays were a few weeks ago, uh, but I still thought it would be fun to catch up quickly on all that went down at the end of 2021. Uh, and primarily, I want to know how are your holidays and what you get. Nate, why don't you start us off? First, holidays out on the East Coast must have been a big deal.
0: Well, it was interesting, right? Because I, it was yes, we're on the East Coast here now with my, with me and my parents, and uh, and yeah, we we did the sort of our pre-Christmas with just our family. Uh, I got a beautiful new. Uh, I'm sitting in it right now. For our video listeners, uh, you can see uh, it's the the cyberpunk edition secret lab chair, uh, which is just absolutely phenomenal. It looks
1: it looks like um, one of those fancy chairs you see on the sidelines at uh, football matches the the really, <laughs> really nice chairs, you know. I've never been to
0: a football. This is this is the closest I'll be to being at a football match. Uh, but uh, but no, it was it was it was lovely. And then we we went and visited the family uh, back in Ontario, and I think my favorite memory. Um, um, you know, all my little cousins are starting to get to that age now where they're they're cool and they're they're liking video games more. And uh, and Jesse, my, one of the youngest of my little cousins, he got his first video game console. So mm-hmm. helping him set up set it up. Uh, it's an Xbox Series S. We got I got him Game Pass for the year. Uh, him seeing him giggle playing Forza Horizon Five was the best feeling that I've ever had uh, hanging out with them. And it's just. It was just so lovely to see that and to think that I'll be part of, you know, maybe one day he has a podcast and he's talking about it when he set up his first video game console with his cousin. I, I don't know, it was it was really lovely.
1: It's the older we get, it, the more it does become about seeing the joy that kids get from the gifts you give them now, you yeah. know, like I have a little niece and nephew that I just love to spoil over the holidays whereas, <laughs> you know, I I get Cookware and stuff like that for myself that was yeah. an adult. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we're at that age now where it's just we live vicariously through the kids that are in our lives, right? So
0: that's it, man. And I mean, I'm I'm definitely uh, still a big kid because I think my favorite uh, thing that I got for myself for Christmas was the, uh, the analog <laughs> pocket. I mean, this is something that I actually ordered two years ago, uh, and uh, unfortunately, even though I'm hyping it up right now, if anybody's listening and they want to order one, if you order one now, you won't get it for another uh, two years, but um, it is Phenomenal! It's it's um Kevin. You're good with cars. What's a really good car? What's in, like the best car?
1: I'm good with cars. I mean, it's I a sad know. statement if I'm the best of the group. <laughs> oh <with> no! Cars. <laughs> but it like it's like ca- it's the 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 the, the Rolls Royce of handheld gaming system. <laughs> it is, dude. It's the
0: Rolls Royce of Game Boys specifically, and its display is higher resolution than an iPhone for Game Boy games. Um, but dude, I've been playing it nonstop. I'm I've I there's so many original Game Boy games that I miss because I started with Game Boy Color. And so I just finished Donkey Kong '94, and I'm telling you, this game is way ahead of its time. If you think it's just the arcade Donkey Kong, you're wrong, dude. It is. It it starts that way, and then it opens up to this platformer where there's multiple levels. You Mario does like backflips and stuff like that. Like it's insane the the amount of platforming mechanics that I had no idea they could pull off in a Game Boy game. So, um, dude, Analog Pocket is phenomenal. It, it's probably my game of the year. I know we're not doing game of the year this for this conversation, but it's probably my game of the year. Nice. That's awesome.
1: Just how about yourself? How was the holidays?
2: Being able to spend the time with my nephew and, and other family members was really nice. Um, also, like my birthday falls over the holidays and it was just nice to not do anything and just, you know, watch the movies and just take it easy, really. I, I was able to catch up on stuff that I hadn't been able to watch. And, you know, we, we took a break from the podcast as we were all kind of dividing and conquering our holiday experience. And, uh, uh, you know, it was nice to just chill out for a bit, kind of reset and, you know, come back and be able to do it all over again. I think if I were to say my favorite thing that I got over the holidays, it would actually be uh, the modulicious art piece that you guys got me very unique art piece that is a camera built as a imagined star wars robot uh, i think it's got the legs of the atst if i'm I not mistaken so. Yeah. yeah so it's very unique and it leans into that geeky collectible side of me with you guys getting me this it just shows that like really narrowing down the collection getting things that are extremely unique modulicious does such cool stuff with replication of toys and blending them as as an art and and understand the the iconography of what you're doing there as an artist when you're playing with the toys of your past to kind of reimagine them. I think it's really intelligent. So thank you guys so much for this gift uh, and, and huge shout out to uh, Modulicious uh, for this unique Piece
0: Paul, if you're listening or if you've ever listened to this podcast, <laughs> um, everyone should go on Instagram, search Modulicious. We'll have a link in the yeah. description. You got to check out this 100%. stuff, so cool. Yep, um, and Kevin, how about yourself? I saw the picture, the whole
1: family decked out in the same pajamas. Do you guys do that every year? We do it every year. We do, <laughs> we still go to the mall and get a Santa pick for mom every year, and <laughs> Santa's awesome. face gets more befuddled each and every year. <laughs> more upset. You know, we're we're going to need to bring a kid into this picture soon or else they're just not going <laughs> to let us do it anymore. For sure, for sure. Um, but So w- while we were able to do a lot of the traditional stuff, we were uh, you know re- hoping to uh, sort of get back to a f- sort of sense of normalcy and maybe do some things we haven't been able to do for the last uh, Christmas or two, and that was see some people that we haven't seen as a result of the pandemic. Uh, and so we were able to see uh, my family as well as Sarah's family. Family. Um, uh, but when we did that, uh, we actually came into contact with a family member who tested positive a day later for COVID. And so that kind of shut down plans that we had for a few days later to get together with friends we haven't seen in a few years. We were supposed to go to Ottawa to visit friends and meet their little one that they welcomed to the world just shortly after our wedding, actually. So that's how long it's been, and we've never met the little guy, and so we were excited for that. Um, you know, so That's so, definitely,
0: that's definitely the, the
1: gift you don't want to get yes, <laughs> over Christmas. Yes, That's right. you know, and I did get uh, some really cool goodies. I got some cool Lego sets, including uh, the Fender guitar from my geek-centric brothers. Uh, I still have not built that, but I'm looking forward to doing that perhaps this weekend. Uh, I added some bobbleheads and statues to my growing Toronto sports appreciation shrine, but oh, did nice. not get, for the first time in years, did not get a single Funko Pop. I wow. was shocked. And that just sort of goes to show the, the state of, you know, where I am in the Funkoverse now. Just, you know, not being able to do YouTube videos kind of slowed that down. And For sure. And you got to put things into perspective. And I've really yeah. tried to, like you said, just narrow down to specific things that I want to yes. sort of collect and everything. Yeah. And yeah. I'm out of room anyways. So, I, yeah. you know. It, I, I, I don't even have
2: everything best. displayed. Like, really, when you think about it, it is trying to collect what you want to collect and not necessarily just collect everything. And I think Funko's For the sake can get of out of hand, right? So, Oh,
1: I mean, they just they're never slowing down. It's always growing. I
2: bought one new Funko, and it was to go with our animated Batman Funko Pop series, and it's the Tooth he
1: He looks awesome. Yeah, that was a must-have. I, I thought of you instantly when I saw yeah, that one. Had to I, have I, it. But, no, as, as I mentioned, you know, getting older, um, you know, I'm starting to get gifts that a tw- 12-year-old me would have been like, oh, God, why? And now I'm yeah. like, hey, look at this. I got these Pryx containers. They're basically glass Tupperware, I got the Star Wars ones and I'm like, oh man, my food storage game has just hit a new echelon, you know I just love that you're like, well, my, my 12-year-old self would hate this, but then you're like, the Star Wars
0: <laughs>
2: version of Tupperware, I finished. have it, too. Yeah, Still I got element. it, too. Yes. Yeah. Still an <laughs> element of,
1: of young me in there, but no, and, you know, I got lots of cookware, considering I yeah. spend hours in the kitchen a day. That was perfect, uh, and Sarah and I bought a new car in November, and so nice, we got nice a lot purpose. of goodies for that, nice. uh, like a really deluxe cleaning kit and storage things and everything, so we can keep it nice and pristine
2: Yeah, I I, I find it funny. Like, we're at that point where it's like, we don't need to wait for Christmases and birthday. If we want something, (laughs) we're going to buy it. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're going to do it. So that tends to be the case. And then Christmas comes around and and birthday, it's usually just gift cards or, you know, some some cash here. And the odd time you get, you know, a statue collectible that's like, whoa, right? You just
0: see me walking down the, the halls of the mall, you know, pop and listen to some ariana grande like i want it i bought it like i'm just <laughs> you know what i mean Paycheck uh, comes in yeah. and
1: it's gone the next day yeah, it's so 100%. true and now christmas is like give me my socks and undies for the year <laughs> yeah uh all my toiletry supplies that's great some cleaning things whatever it is to pr- keep it practical and i'm a happy camper there
2: we go but the 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 highlight obviously of the holidays beyond everything that we get and things just being able to see people it was, it was pretty tough with covid It was a it was a touch and go situation there from just after christmas eve and stuff so um it's it's uh nice though that we were able to at least spend some
1: yeah time and there was there was a same. small blessing in disguise in that we went mm-hmm. to my family after we saw sarah's and so once we got the news it was like well we're not going anywhere else so we got you know an extended seven-day holiday right through new years and we all just sort of we'd, we'd exposed them by that point so we figured we're stuck in the house together let's uh, make the most of it and, and we certainly did so it was uh it was a good time now One gift we all got over the holidays was something that people have been waiting 18 years for. Uh, And because we were so busy over the holidays, we weren't able to give our thoughts on it uh, at the time. So I thought we'd do so quickly here. Of course, the gift I'm referring to is Matrix Resurrections. And unfortunately, we did not get a gift receipt with that. <laughs> uh, starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie-Anne Moss, and Yahya Abdul-Mateen, and directed by Lana Wachowski, the film asks us to return to a world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit
2: once more.
1: Let's just dive right in. Was this movie worth the wait, uh, or instead of resurrecting the thing, should they have left it dead and buried?
2: Dead and buried, indeed. It did not do anything. It only served as a reminder that they didn't need to go back. All it's really trying to do is live off of one. It's just trying to perpetuate the success of what number one was.
0: I mean, the movie shows so many flashbacks throughout, but it really only refers to the first one for the most part, the most right? Part, and I right. think yeah. I think you know a movie is bad it, it, that it's just as bad as maybe its its predecessor. Uh, when like I was listening to a podcast that's that was I thought was reviewing it, and I didn't realize until about a half an hour in that I was listening to a podcast that was reviewing The Matrix Revolutions, <laughs> and so I, you know, obviously it's 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 you know. It it just sucks that that they weren't able to elevate it, and I feel like it it sort of felt at times like a big fu from Lana Wachowski to Warner Bros, mm. like as if they were forcing her to to do this. And then there's that whole meta aspect of that happening in the movie, yeah. But like it, when when you, I don't know, it, it just felt like she was tanking it on purpose. Yeah, sucks for fans.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's known that like Christopher Nolan did the Batman movies with Warner but they also gave him money to do the other movies subsequently in between and that was sort of right. the agreement that he struck right I wonder to your point Nate if something like that was afoot here it was like we'll give mm. us Matrix 4 and we'll give you the money to do whatever the movie is that you really want to do right and she does this Matrix 4 because I, I totally agree like the, I love Keanu love Carrie Ann Moss but honestly they beyond them being in this movie this this thing did not need to have to be a
1: thing no and and it sucks because i was actually digging the first 20 minutes the way yep. they were yep. playing with our expectations and 100%. sort of it was it was a kind of reboot of the first one and i thought okay if they do this for the whole movie and sort of go through the the timeline of the first the three movies in three acts And just sort of alter our understanding and expectations of those. I think the movie would have actually turned out really fun. But after about the 20 minute mark, it becomes a a whole new story with nothing to say and nothing to talk about. And I think my biggest issue with the movie is the same problem I had with the third one, Revolutions. Is that anytime they're not in the Matrix, the movie suffers greatly for it. They... They had this idea for what it was—the real world was going to be like—and it never truly delivered. And so this movie is just really bogged down with bird robot things and. Oh, I,
2: just, I don't even. I could but go I, on and on. I know, but like I, I, agree with you. I think in revolutions, you're absolutely right. The, the pitfall with that is that they didn't spend enough time in the matrix versus the real world. I think here it was—it was actually balanced, but it, the matrix didn't seem interesting anymore right like they were trying to recreate all these characters with this new cast and it just it falls short it just it shows as Nate was saying just the half-assed nature that went into putting this movie together
1: well really quickly they 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 make a joke about ooh bullet time bullet time we got to one up bullet time and then they don't even try to one up it exactly. They're just like we're going to give you again and fighting and boring action scenes it's meta stuff. like
2: it's super meta with her probably doing that
1: and and, and like Yeah,
0: exactly what you guys said. Like It's like the first 30 minutes, they're intriguing. They're Mm -hmm. focused. You're like, this is interesting. The meta jokes are flying at you fast, but they don't get stale yet. And then as soon as the moment hits where Jonathan Groff's Agent Smith goes, Mr. Anderson, he starts yelling, that's literally the moment that the entire movie starts rushing downhill. And I've watched the movie twice. I've listened to multiple podcasts about it at this point, and I still can't tell you (laughs) what what the movie's about after that first 30 minutes I couldn't I couldn't give you the plot and that's just that's it's just so unfortunate because I think again there was such an opportunity for them to really do something fantastic here and I just it's really hard for me to believe and, and obviously I can't speak because I don't know her but it's really hard for me to believe that Lana wanted this to turn out like this yeah. like, or, or or that that you know she even wanted to do the matrix beyond three because obviously you know her and 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 her sister had a lot of you know problems throughout making the matrix and they uh, that's why her sister didn't return to revisit this and it just something about it felt forced and I just I just don't want more and if they do more if they do more I think the best thing they could possibly do is is get a completely different group of people to make it. Still, if it's Warner Bros. Whatever, but a completely different group yeah, of people. Has to be. Make it, make it animated and separate it. Give it us completely different characters from this garbage. Don't reference Neo. Don't reference the one. Just put it somewhere else in this universe. Well, and I think, I think they could salvage it.
2: Well, the the the, the thing that I I think is the the strong point of this movie uh, was Bugs, uh, even oh, though 100%. she was like a hundred percent representing the entire wb branding that is in this movie right like even she says what's up doc i was like okay that's a little too on the nose and you know the white the bunny and everything like that so um but her fighting style she is great she was fantastic she held her own uh she defined her character i think she was the highlight of the movie if there was any good takeaways from it um but yeah like i get that in the first one was to establish this really bold concept right And that concept and that idea manifested itself in people's minds, and Warner Brothers specifically too, that they wanted to bring a two and a three to life. And I don't know if they were ever intended to actually be be a two and a three right because it it seems to lose its trajectory and ground itself in the choice of love choice that differentiates neo from the other six anomalies is love and making that choice based on that i see what they were trying to do narratively by saying like you know there is no one without trinity she is the balance of that anomaly but i don't know if they really gave it the purpose or justice that it, it deserved
1: no, I don't think they did. And, and you know, you, you guys did bring up an interesting point in that maybe this was just a big fu from from Lana. And unfortunately, it felt like it was at us. Yeah. But maybe it was at the studios because it – and if it was, it certainly worked uh, because I don't think we're ever going to see another Matrix property. This thing brought in $39 million domestically. mm hmm on a $190 million budget, it lost $70 million, even including worldwide revenues. This mm. this thing tanked. This this is one of the biggest box office flops of all time.
2: Mm. Interesting. I, I thought here uh, it would be attributed to the HBO Max same-day release. Um, but globally, it obviously dictates that nobody had... A general interest or needed to see this movie. Right? It was. It, I, think,
0: I think there's a lot of people that were whipped up uh, as well by Spider-Man. Yeah, Seeing was, Spider-Man for the ninth time instead of watching this movie once. In the it, it was
1: competing. It was competing with uh, a week-old Spider-Man, and then word of mouth was so bad that it, it yeah. didn't stand a chance. The only way it was going to do well is if maybe in its second week and the third week of Spider-Man, if good word of mouth had had encouraged people to go, and I don't think that happened. I think this thing was yeah. dead. Three or four days after it after it hit the the screen, and so um, you know, and so certainly that's probably a disappointment for Warner Brothers. And I think we're supposed to do this later in the program, but let's just do it right now. Are we all in consensus that this movie was our biggest disappointment of 2021?
2: Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. We're in I consensus. On the yeah. Same page here. yeah, yeah. I think unlike it's great, and like
1: the people who made that movie, we're actually on the same page about something. Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. Like <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say, you know, it's good that we're starting off with disappointment after this because, you know, this movie spends too much time keeping it connected to the previous films. Uh, for the purpose of fan fan service, uh, really. But again, like Nate pointed out, it's not done with an actual commitment. It, it feels cheap. It, it only highlights that The Matrix from 1999 is the best example of what The Matrix is and should be. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Kev, you said, at the end of The Matrix is when Neil hangs up that phone and flies off at the end of the first one.
1: That's And it. that's where it ends for me. That's exactly. where that story now ends for me. The
2: sequels that have followed have not have 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 tried to establish the world and deepen it, you know, give a love connection and, and whatnot, which, you know, is grounded. But anything that the movie just gave us was not as interesting as just the idea of what The Matrix was after the first time we saw that movie. So this fourth installment does not highlight a single thing. If they're to revisit The Matrix, I don't want to see Neo. I don't want to see Trinity. I mm-hmm. could hear about them. They should, like, Morpheus and all of them can be around and in the background, we just don't see them. Give me more of this Bugs character and this this idea of other people trying to break through the mentality of the machine so I I think that that's that's far more interesting and don't get the Wachowskis get someone else
0: or give us that fan service that I think a lot of fans want and just commit to the theory that outside of the matrix in IO or Zion or whatever is the matrix again. And then trying to escape from that. <laughs> Maybe that's how you, you find a new refreshed way sure. to approach this. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore.
1: <laughs> I don't either. Um, now much like the movie itself, that was a tad depressing. Uh, so why don't we bring some positivity back to the program and talk about our favorite or best, uh, movies and television shows of the year. Uh, You know, here on the Geek Centric Podcast, we had our busiest year ever. Uh, We began partnerships with Disney Plus Canada and Netflix Canada, which enabled us to get early access to some of the biggest content on the planet, and as a result, bring you our thoughts nice and early. We reviewed over 30 movies and over 15 different shows, including Watch Club episodes for over 50 individual episodes. We reviewed trailer drops, streaming announcements, video games, and our experience at our first convention in two years. We had our second annual Oscar week, looked at the history of WrestleMania, and played some Marvel and movie fanfare inspired trivia. Most exciting, we also dipped our toes in the world of high-profile interviews, welcoming such guests as friends of the program, actor Monroe Chambers, and Hollywood producer Andy Horowitz. We talked to Werewolves Within writer Mishna Wolf, the creator, writer, and executive producer of Only Murders in the Building, John Hoffman, and we picked the brains of three Canadian animators that worked on Marvel Studios' What If. In addition, we had the chance to chat with one of the stars of Marvel's Eternals, Leah McHugh. Needless to say, it was a crazy year that resulted in over a 100 episodes for your listening pleasure and now we're tasking ourselves to reduce all of that information into choosing just one movie and television show that we're calling our favorites of the year let's see if we understood the assignment uh and get right to it we'll start with our favorite or best movie of 2021 just because you made this incredibly difficult assignment i'm i'm tasking you to it first
2: <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, this is a task, man. And I, I, I think that there's a lot of people that are doing really great, you know, lookbacks at 2021 because there was a lot of movies and there was a lot of stuff. Um, But I, I like the idea of trying to look back and really say what what spoke to us what what did we really take away is like that is the movie for us beyond mm-hmm. awards beyond all of the 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 things that are about to come with the beginning of 2022 uh you know what was it for you so yeah i'll go first sure i'll i'll go first um yeah so like i was saying this this was a tough one and for obvious reasons you know there was plenty from 2021 and over the holiday break i actually had a chance to check out some of these bigger movies that are are in the awards conversation like Spencer or or King Richard or even Pig uh with Nicolas Cage man I finally watched that movie it was so good so good <laughs> um and, and while those are all great movies these they're really carried by by strong performances so my choice is really based on the impact of both a cast and a story for me something that is 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 relatable conversational I I appreciate those things and while this movie is amongst you know discussions for both positive and negative reasons I really, really enjoyed "Don't Look Up." Uh, I actually watched it the second time over the holiday break just to affirm it. Um, and, and honestly, it really comes down to you know, after living through uh, you know year two of the pandemic and seeing this ongoing divisive, you know, politicized nature of society sort of unfold in the same at the same time, you know, this film feels really necessary as a reminder of what can be achieved if we work together. But at the same time, it highlights it probably will never happen, right, as a reality.
1: Now, I do have to say I'm a little surprised by this choice, because when we went to see it in theaters, at about two-thirds of the way through the movie, you got up, walked past me in the aisle to go to the washroom, and said, this movie is so long. Yeah. And so that doesn't strike me as something that you loved. So did it, did it on the second viewing, did it connect with you a bit more? Did it fly by a bit faster?
2: Well, it didn't fly by faster, but uh, watching it again, I I still stand by that. The movie is long, but I don't think that discredits the overall messaging. I just think that things went longer than they needed to.
0: And I think it makes sense that you connected with it so much because you know, we look at um, a lot of TV shows started to do the thing where they do center around lockdown. They do center mm. around coronavirus. They do start to sort of, um, in ways, you know, we, we use, sometimes we use movies to, and, and TV shows and video games to escape. And other mm. times they're really good for catharsis. it's really good for us to to be able to relate to them and, and then see other people, even some of our favorite celebrities, um, you know, experiencing these things as these characters. And I think this movie does such a great job of encapsulating Mm -hmm. like a a large group of that, not just the pandemic, but a lot of aspects of what we've been experiencing over the last two years. And uh, yeah, man, I agree with you. Like it, it does feel long on your first watch, but, but it is one of those movies that sort of sticks with you. You know, it doesn't really uh, leave your mind.
2: Yeah. And that's, and that was it. It didn't leave my mind after Mm -hmm. watching it, you know, it, It follows those typical apocalyptic tropes, right, you know, that we're used to from from like an an Armageddon, right? The scientists who represent truth and honesty, they find this earth, you know, destroying meteor (laughs) and, you know, it leads to a meeting with the president and all these high ranking officials. But, you know, it diverts from the typical and then just shows us a lack of urgency. And, you know, those in power of denial of of the truth, you know, forcing the scientists to be suppressed. And, and be seen as, as being dramatic based on the circumstances of the situation and, and, you know, causes a social movement like don't look up, right? It's, right. It, you know, rather look down, look at your phones, be in, be immersed in your own world and ignore what's out there. And I think that that's very reminiscent of what's sort of happening in in society now, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's a tongue-in-cheek commentary.
1: Yeah and I mean I think what's most interesting about it is we usually leave the theater after uh you know a geeky sort of movie and we're we're nerding out and we're you know going over the highs and lows of it but when we left the theater for that one it was we had a really serious talk about what what it was you know trying to say about the world and politics and society in general that's probably the the deepest post movie chat we had yeah. of 2021
2: I I totally agree. I think from that, you and I really came to the idea that like, you know, this this shows that, you know, greed, politics, misinformation, those are the real detriments to to human humanity. Right. This is you know, this is represented by various characters. You got Meryl Streep's, you know, Madam President, clear Trumpian persona. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just cares about optics, not about reality. You got, you know, Ariana Grande playing this pop star that highlights society's fascination with with celebrity culture and and, you know, would listen to them as the truth tellers, as those that know rather than the actual scientists, you know, played by Jennifer Lawrence and, and Leonardo DiCaprio. And, you know, it highlights the fact that, like, people would rather live through other people's lives rather than necessarily living their own life. And then you have this billionaire, played by Mark Rylas, whose his interest is framed around the betterment of mankind. And it's actually rooted in greed and power. And I think that kind of aligns itself to the the questionable manners of tech industries now and what they're doing. Um, and it, is it a betterment for society or is it only pushing people further apart, hence our metaverse? So, you know, these parody qualities are so obvious and 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 very real. Uh, of what's going on like outside in the real world that the real terror is that and and not necessarily the meteor that's heading to earth destroying it. Mm. So that to me was, was why I, this movie was probably the one that stuck with me the longest.
1: Plus, on a on a less serious note, uh, it's probably got the best running joke in a movie of the year, uh, revolving right. around overpriced break room <laughs> snacks. So, <laughs> you know, so th- that's yeah. where Adam McKay really, uh, sh- uh, you know, came through in terms of his more humorous side was was in that moment, I thought, or those yeah. moments. And if the movie's not sold on you yet, um, I mean,
0: Timothy Chalamet's in the movie, so. Yeah and he was great he and was he such improvised a, a lot of that, he was maybe apparently. my favorite part of yeah. the movie in terms of the character yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he really
1: surprised me with with and, and I think that 20, role in and elevating it
0: 2021 felt like the year of chalamet mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we were we, we i remember us last time we were able to get together and we were watching a bunch
2: of movies and all of them the seemed chalamet to have weekend. timothy chalamet it was, yeah. chalamet it was the weekend chalamet weekend right we saw dune it was so good we saw french dispatch right uh yeah, on the man. same weekend we had that chant going as we were you know, walking through.
1: <laughs> so good, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of Timothy Chalamet, Nate, was he in your favorite movie, or are you going in a different direction?
0: Oh, I wish he was in my favorite movie. Are you kidding me? That would be so cool. We actually thought about a rumor of uh, of him showing up uh, as uh, as a, a character in the next one of these movies. Uh, but for me, oh. it's it's impossible. That I couldn't. I just couldn't stay away from it. I'm so sorry. I hate to do this because I know we've talked this about this movie to death, uh, and this will be spoiler filled. um, But Spider Man No Way Home. I just cannot for the same sort of idea that you're you've got it stuck in your brain uh, of don't look up, Justin. It's this this did for audiences what I think. Everyone really needed. They needed the experience of having this moment together, being away from theaters for so long. And everyone's like, you know, I remember when Tenet was coming out. and It's like, Tenet's the movie that brings theater. No, 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 Spider-Man No Way Home is the movie that brought theaters back in that 100%. moment. And even though it was fleeting and it was short, yep. it, it, was, it was a feeling that we all got to experience together. And I think it's just the commitment to giving fans everything they want while still feeling sincere and not cheap. is what makes this movie it's incredible that they were able to to pull that off and I can't I honestly can't recall another moment a movie did this in my lifetime and I know listen we all joke about the tears uh, that I I experience when (laughs) when I watch movies with sad moments but for this movie to hit me with tears of sadness and tears of joy in this almost sort of back-to-back hit of emotion was was masterful and it you know connecting with may's death i i you know i was imagining my own mom in that scene and it just really hit me and then almost you know like right away being reunited with a friend that i hadn't seen in years and i get the the tears of joy and laughing throughout but but neither one of those moments took away from the other and i think that's just so impressive for a movie to give me those feelings back to back yeah and i just it's a masterclass, and it encapsulates everything that Spider-Man was, and more importantly, everything that Peter Parker is. And it—that's th- th- those couple reasons right there. That's those are the reasons. It's my favorite movie
1: mm. of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree uh, more with what you've said. And as you said, we we went into great deal about uh, just how much we love that movie. Um, You know, and I was kind of between two movies and was almost waiting to hear what you would pick as your favorite so I could pick something a little different. Um, and, And that's no slight against the movie I'm picking because it did before december it was my favorite movie of the year it resonated with me in in such powerful ways um and you know looking at the movies that we did watch over the year you know given his track record i was hopeful an aaron sorkin movie would top this list for me but sadly being the ricardo's fell a little below my Mm. admittedly high expectations uh you know we had other great moments no time to die was a fitting end to the daniel craig 007 era and Dune was a masterpiece that far exceeded any expectations I had.
0: Yeah, Dune. Dune felt like it was the longest sensory overload that yeah. I'll never forget. Like yeah. seeing that in IMAX yeah, and, and having was, the sound slap you in the face. Was incredible.
2: that was one of the that was one of the movies for me that was on my list when I was narrowing this down. And it was for the experience of in being in the cinema and just what that was like, right? Because I've I've watched it again since at home. And, you know, again, just the impact of the sound, uh, just that sort of bass. It's just you need that sound experience to really feel it.
1: And I think when we do this show next year, uh, Dune 2, if you will, will be on top of my most anticipated list for 2023 because Mm -hmm. of just how powerful and amazing this movie was. Um, But as for my choice for favorite movie of 2021... Uh, Now, we have previously gone into great detail about just how fun and special this movie was uh, in a review, uh, as we did for all three movies that uh, we've listed here, so go check those out if you haven't listened to them already. Uh, Unlike Justin, (laughs) I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, I'm going with this choice because where's Spider-Man No Way Home helped to increase my appreciation of the Spider-Man films that came before it. I think Ghostbusters... Uh, yeah. Afterlife was a fitting tribute to the classic that was the original Ghostbusters yeah. and yeah. and and was a solid second entry into that franchise and that story that that lived up to its predecessor instead of enhancing it like right. Spider-Man did. Um, I was smiling and laughing the whole time and felt instantly connected to a brand new group of paranormal butt kickers while also getting all of the nostalgic feels from our classic team of pro of proton pack wearing goofballs. Uh, I think the biggest difference between this movie and Spider-Man is that while I was pleasantly surprised to see the web... Sorry, guys. I think the biggest difference between this movie and Spider-Man is that while I was pleasantly surprised to see the web-slinging trio meet my ridiculously high expectations, Ghostbusters Afterlife blew my mind with just how much it exceeded uh, my reserved expectations. Uh, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, and I came out of that... Feeling like a kid, you know, having watched the first Ghostbusters all those years ago. It just, it was just that perfect tribute to the original movie. And uh, I I respect the work Reitman did on on bringing that to life because it was certainly a a challenge.
2: Yeah, I, I think it was probably one of the surprises of 2021. Uh, For me, at least, because I didn't I, I think you're absolutely right. I went in there with the same sort of like just, you know, bring those expectations down. And I was pleasantly surprised with with what we got.
1: Well, and you see a movie like Matrix Resurrections that is a long awaited sequel to movies that have a classic original and then sequels that don't quite live up to it and this is you know this one did it differently whereas Absolutely. you know ghostbusters 2 isn't nearly as uh, remarkable and isn't nearly as beloved as the original this sequel came and after all these years was everything fans could have wanted and more and i know
0: we're all star wars fans in the room but i i, I just equate the feeling that you felt coming out of the uh, seeing ghostbusters afterlife you know, to be like what I felt for TFA for, for yeah. the Force Awakens, because again, the film does such a, a wonderful job of sort of bringing you back into that universe. But again, it doesn't do it in a cheap way. It doesn't mm-hmm. do it in a way where you're like that didn't feel it. earned. It was yeah. respectful, exactly. Yeah. And it and it and it highlights uh, the aspect of moving forward with this franchise in a way that's exciting, fresh, and new. And that is just. That's awesome. That's I'm so stoked that we're going to be getting more movies in this universe.
2: It's funny that you're, the two movies that you both selected definitely do give a lot to the fan service. And not only that, though, they're both Sony films, too. Uh, so <laughs> it looks like this was their year to kind of uh, take their properties and kind of maybe focus on giving what the audience wants. Right. Which, again, if we see Andrew Garfield show up in Morbius. You'll know why.
1: There we no go. Know why. <laughs> well, and, and you know, so if if last year was Sony's year, maybe this is uh, Warner Brothers and and uh, DC's year to take beloved fan products and and you know load it up with fan service and deliver with you know they've got uh, the Batman and and the Flash movie sure. coming out, and so maybe this will be their year. They got to do it eventually, right? <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's move from the big screen to the small screen, uh, even though so many theatrical-type movies are now streamed right from our living rooms these days. Uh, speaking of streaming, services like Disney+, Plus, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, they all upped their game and dominated the television landscape. But there can only be one favorite. So let's hear them. Nate, I'm going to start with you. Ooh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, like...
0: There were a lot of TV. TV keeps stepping up its game. uh, It feels like every single year. And I think my favorite thing with TV, at least in 2021, was there were a lot of um, sort of surprises. Uh, I felt like you know we had uh, an amazing surprise with Squid Game uh, for those yes. who en- enjoyed that, and having that come from Korea. Um, and then you know something like um, Schmigadoon, which for musical fans was just so Kevin wonderful on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin enjoyed the crap finished out of that it show. All <laughs> finished the trailer. <laughs> of course, we had all of the incredible content from uh, Disney Plus with the Marvel stuff. Um, and then from an animation front, we had, uh, I think one of my favorites was Invincible, was absolutely incredible for, for turning the superhero genre on its head. But uh, for me, for, for TV, I, again, I tried to stay only really looking at shows um, that came out in 2021. So, uh, you know, so obviously we're not going to talk about Ted Lasso season two necessarily, or at least I'm not going to. I don't know about you guys. Um, but I have to say a show that came out of nowhere for myself and for a lot of people was Arcane. Uh, this show is it's stunning. And look, I've I've never played League of Legends, and even after watching this show, I have no interest no, in I playing yeah. League of Legends. But this is the best translation of how a story can be adapted from a video game ever to exist. Ever. It's 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 incredible. Its story is broken down into three chapters that span years of our kind of our two main characters' lives, and. You know, when you watch the first three episodes, you're going to be hooked. You're going to be locked in. And, you know, we discussed during our uh, Bad Batch, which was another great animated show that that came out in 21. But we discussed in that uh, watch club how at times it would remind us that this was uh, it was a, a kid show. Yeah, this is this is wholeheartedly animation made for an adult audience. And that allows them to go to places that are narratively so satisfying to see. And, and, and the the animation is incredible. The style and the swagger. There literally isn't a frame of this show that I wouldn't want as my desktop wallpaper. Um, and dude, Haley Steinfeld and Ella Purnell are just so naturally good as Vi and Jinx. I can't wait for, for, for season two, which is already in production, by the way. Mm. It's my favorite show of 2021. And if you haven't already watched it, please do so and go support this show because it is freaking incredible. Justin, I know you you, you watched it, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, loved it. I, I absolutely loved this show. I was blown away. It was another one of those surprises from 2021 yeah. where it was just like out of nowhere. It looks beautiful. I don't know if I really want to invest all this time, but after those first three episodes and it, there are some pain points as you f- go through it in terms of the dialogue and how it's delivered because it's still animated. It still has those, those pitfalls, but it is so beautiful the look and feel of the world that they've they've actually created and uh where they go with it and how they tell the story of two sisters it's beautiful it was really well done it's so good yeah. so good
1: kevin please watch it i know i haven't i haven't gotten into it yet but uh you recommended something to me the other day that i uh, went and started to watch which was uh the righteous gemstones and <laughs> then it's it's delivering so i might have to give this a whirl if you're this high but
2: on it it does make me want to see them do a video game of it so of yeah. just arcane sure yeah, right because i'd I'm love down. to see that on the ps5 like that building you know playing in that world and you know where they get to with with certain sort of tech it's it's interesting so yeah man
1: All right, Jess, well, can your favorite show of 2021 be turned into a video game or
2: what? (laughs) No, but I think it could be probably turned into a board game. You know, it it could be. Um, uh, I don't think this is going to be much of a surprise for you guys or for anyone who's listened uh, to our past episodes. But uh, my favorite show of 2021 is Only Murders in the Building. There are... Some other shows that were definitely in contention, Ted Lasso season two was totally in contention. Reservation Dogs, which was a surprise again, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, both actually really have heart and comedy with meaningful emotional storytelling. Uh, But I, I went with Only Murders because the show was really a surprise and delight for me, you know, not knowing anything about it at the beginning of 2021 when Kevin had mentioned this show, you know, just basically a synopsis. And you know i've 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 gushed over this show so you know it, it plays fantastically with with this sort of true crime podcast fad and you know implementing the fun take on on the who done it but you know it has a hitchcockian woody allen style right we've we, we we've talked about that in great detail and the the cast is fantastic the, the trio that they brought together you know how he they grounded it in in a sense of them finding each other through the through the appreciation of the podcast furthering you know their own story and, and investigating their own murders because they're seen as expert it was so good each of them had a very satisfying narrative uh within the season so they all got their their focus and uh you know I, I think it's even more more so deepened by just having the opportunity to talk with John Hoffman, uh, you know, writer and creator. He, he you know, learning more about what went into bringing the show to life was such a such a great experience. So I think that really cemented it for me as being one of the main things because I just felt super connected to this show.
1: Well, and and like so much of what we're talking about in this segment, we have previous podcasts, we have a spoiler free review our spoiler-filled review, and the aforementioned interview with creator, writer, and executive producer John Hoffman. So if you haven't watched the show or haven't listened to those, go check those out. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I am going to pat myself on the back for calling that one way back in January of last year. I got one right, and so I'm going (laughs) to take credit for it when I can. Now I know Nate, you said uh, you personally wouldn't pick a show that wasn't premiering in 2021, but I am doing it. Uh, <laughs> this one was so easy for me. It's Succession, hands down. Oh. It's the best written and acted show on all of TV. Wow. You've got complex character, you've got complex characters you love to hate, corporate greed, family betrayal. And a display of wealth so unfathomable, it's enough to make you question every bad financial decision you've ever made in your life, only (laughs) to realize it doesn't matter. Uh, These people have so much money, it's mind-boggling. And what's particularly interesting is that the dialogue is practically in another language at times, as I often have no idea what these people are talking about, uh, particularly when it involves a boardroom or a business call. And that doesn't matter at all because it just sounds so cool. (laughs) <laughs> and is performed with screen, men- screen melting bravado by the entire cast. I mean, Brian Cox kills it as the evil patriarch. Mm. Uh, my boy Jeremy Strong was just so heartbreakingly good this season. Uh, he's reduced to basically a pathetic and miserable shell of his former self, and he plays it just with so much desperation. It's amazing. Uh, he deserved the Golden Globe. He won the, you know, the whole show cleaned up at the at the twitter golden globes this year (laughs) and deservedly so um i just think this season did such a good job of subverting the expectations for where many of us viewers thought the show was going to go after the the big cliffhanger season finale that i gave us they gave us in season two and they went in a completely different direction and then gave us an even bigger more shocking cliffhanger for this year that i cannot wait to see it all play out and hopefully it's not two years. Um, mm. Once again, before we we get to see where this messed up family goes next, well, it, would you uh, would you say, Kevin, that it does uh,
0: sort of make you interested in learning the words that they're saying in those boardrooms, like and learning about finance
1: again? Like I think it I think it deals with. A business and, and I think people like Elon Musk and and Jeff Bezos <laughs> might understand what these they people are going through, but <laughs> for us peons, it's just it's just watching them in awe, going, "Wow, what must it like to be in?" in your world.
2: Yeah, and, and I feel like it's, it's it's a little bit of what I was mentioning with with Don't Look Up in the sense that it's there's a level of parody and absurdity to these characters and how wealthy they are and what they're doing, but there is a plausibility also to the other side of, of there are people that are this wealthy and, you know, that might operate in this manner, and, you know, I think a lot of people have compared Succession to this idea of, like, you know, the Trump family. Yeah, I, it's interesting that it, it could still be real.
1: Yeah, and I mean there is a character, uh, Greg, played by nicholas braun and he's an everyman who just gets thrust into this world and so he's constantly our eyes and ears and we're learning along with him or not learning i should say as you know and he's a bumbling goofball that just cannot fit in and that is how all of us or any of us would be in these situations these people are stupidly smart they're they're sorky and smart in terms of how much they know about just about everything in the world. And so we'd get schooled in a conversation about anything with these people and because it's on the screen, I'm okay with that. In real life, I would cower into a corner and be intimidated as all hell by these people. And so it's nice to get to watch them in <laughs> a TV show. Uh, well, with 2021 officially out of the way and in the books, let's yeah. head to 2022. Ooh. There's just a buttload of stuff coming out in theaters and via streaming <laughs> so let's look at our three most anticipated entries on the long list
2: like i've obviously exceeded my three i like did three live action three animated
1: <laughs> i have six you I didn't do... understand the assignment <laughs> <laughs> i, <know> I did <laughs> I mean mean, unless you just want to list them off
2: well i'm sure i'm sure we can we can all agree that one that is probably in our anticipated is the batman yeah right yeah the batman is is actually coming out march 4th Hopefully. I mean, okay,
1: but did the new look at the Riddler throw you off or keep your interest? I just know a lot of people saw that and went, oh, look, there's DC being DC again. A lot of people weren't impressed. They're like, I'd rather have Jim Carrey in the little bowler cap back with the cane than... You know, a little bit more traditional of what we expect mm-hmm. from the Riddler than this obviously Homeless new take. Man. But I think it's so yeah. grounded in reality, this this version of this franchise, that I, th- I think it's going to work. I, I, I think so. I yeah. am equally excited for this movie. I think it's going to be maybe the best Batman ever. That's I'm going in with high expectations.
2: Yeah, yeah, seriously.
1: Um, I, for me, you know, we talked about uh, animation uh,
0: really, having a really great time in 2021 with animation. I mean, Luca was everyone's favorite Italian sort of vacation during lockdown, and then <laughs> we had you know another surprise: Mitchell's versus the Machines. Which, if you haven't seen Mitchell's versus the Machines, please do. It's abs. If you're a fan of Spy- Into the Spider Verse, it is so phenomenal, made by the same studio. And then, um, yeah, for me in the animation front, I am stoked for Turning Red, and I know you know obviously we're getting a, a March 10th. Uh, release date so it's not too far away we, we talked in our our uh, this week in geek episode you guys talked about how it's uh, it's only coming to Disney plus uh, and not to theaters but regardless man I'm just happy that I get to watch it I'm so stoked uh, to see what Domi she does because bow was just one of the most phenomenal shorts uh, that Pixar has ever released and I'm just excited to 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 cry again because I know Pixar can bring the bring the tears for sure
2: yeah I'm surprised though, Nate. You said Turning Red. I, I like for animated. I gotta say, Spider-Man, across the across the Spider Verse. There you am go. Beyond excited for this movie. That's coming out 2022. Yeah, at the end of 2022, actually December. Oh so. no way! But Turning Red is is definitely another one for sure. But Lightyear, I'm excited for Lightyear. I, I, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with with the character.
0: It's just the meta idea of being in Andy's world of Toy Story like Absolutely. we are in the same universe as yeah. Andy and we're now watching a movie the, that the he movie would that have Andy watched. would
2: have watched yeah right
0: exactly. and that's that's so good and I love when Pixar goes strange like this goes a little more even a little more uh, adult in a way where i felt like yes there were a lot of funny kid friendly things in wally but wally for the most part felt very much like it was tuned towards adults more than anything i feel like this is what lightyear is doing as well which feels like
2: feels like interstellar or like you know the martian (laughs) like it has those those You know, very, very relevant pop culture's sci-fi movie vibes, right? I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see uh, uh, a 2001 Space Odyssey reference. 100%. Oh, (laughs) sure. Sure.
1: We'll see a big baby in the sky or some monkeys (laughs) jumping around with bones. For sure. For sure. Well, I went a lot darker uh, with my first choice here. Uh, I guess I have a thing for, for... Family dramas, but they, they have to be gritty and involve crime and corruption and betrayal. I don't, none of this, this is us sort of thing. That, that isn't <laughs> my bag, but give me Ozark season four. Oh, yeah, season oh, yeah. three's finale was mind blowing, literally. Uh, ooh, and I'm just so ooh. excited to see where this bird family misadventure goes as they sink down ever deeper into their seemingly inescapable fates. I'm personally assuming this will be the final season, especially considering the first episode is entitled The Beginning of the End. So, and I think we're at a stage where if they keep going, it might just, you know, they might overstay their welcome. And so I think four really brilliant, quick seasons would be a perfect way to go. Uh, And fortunately, the wait is down to about a week. So let's go.
0: Uh, I can't wait to talk about that on the podcast for sure. Um, I, you know, we talked about the Matrix being one of our biggest disappointments, something that people have been waiting forever to see. I think another thing people have been waiting, at least a lot of gamers have been waiting, Xbox gamers have been waiting to see, is Master Chief on the big screen or on the small screen, on any screen that's not a video game. And uh, Paramount yeah. Plus is bringing Halo uh, to to uh, to the for that release. Uh, I, I am here's the thing. I'm cautiously optimistic because I have a strong feeling based off of what we've seen already. It looks cool, but at the same time, I'm just not, I'm not sure about it. I don't know if they're, if Paramount is going to put enough commitment behind this, seeing it as something that is going to be a a big thing for them. Um, I just hope that the, you know, Halo Infinite and how popular that was this year is, or last year is, is going to really push them.
1: Uh, Now, uh, I'm going to surprise a lot of people, or at least Nate here, and I have a video game uh inspired entry myself here. Oh. Um and that is uh for Uncharted. Um oh, I don't think yeah. I've ever actually been excited for a video game movie. Um which is probably because they usually suck or are hugely disappointing. <laughs> I just think Mortal Kombat.
2: Is, you Ooh. know, there we go. <laughs> Even that
1: was disappointing given high expectations and I just think this one has all the right pieces in place those trailers make it look like a perfect game realization play, but, yeah. of the game I mean I want to see Tom Holland climbing shit everywhere walls and, <laughs> I mean he, he's got the scene falling out of the plane climbing the crates and I'm like that is such a cool way to show what that game is about in movie form
2: exactly exactly Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, I just think it's a, ma- uh, you know, make no mistake about it. Um, <laughs> oh, I am stoked for this one. As long as we do get to see Marky Mark rock that uh, famous the Sully mustache. mustache He's gotta, of course. Have it. Of course. gotta have it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he earns yeah. it. It's like a rite of passage.
0: I am also really excited. I really hope we get to say uh, hello there uh, to to the next one that I want to shout out, which is I just can't wait for the Obi Wan series. Um, I'm so Stoked for it! I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic, and I, I I think they have a lot. I think they have the the ability to really go in a in a, a more personal, connected direction with a character that we've known so well. And I'm just excited to see how they sort of challenge that expectation. And, and maybe he doesn't say hello there, <laughs> whatever. But like, I am excited to sort of see his journey and his story, uh, especially given that we, we've got uh, confirmation of Anakin being somewhere
1: mm-hmm. in the show. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stoked for that one. And it's and I would like to get the origin of the moniker Old Ben, please. Oh, yes. Mean, not really, but maybe <laughs> maybe a little.
0: What, he, he goes up to some guy and, and at, a, at a bus terminal, and he goes, uh, Name? And he goes, I'm Ben. He's like, you're a little old. You'll just be called Ben. I'll call you Old Ben. <laughs> That's how it happens. That's how every name gets given in Star Wars.
2: I think it's safe to say any of the Marvel live action stuff I'm oh, stoked dude. for. Moon Knight? Moon Knight. She-Hulk. I am I am stoked for that. Plus plus, you know, we we got Mandalorian season 3, so it's going to be that's going to be a good time. I got to say, going off of my favorite TV show, I, if if Only Murders in the Building season 2 is coming out this year. I'm I'm stoked to see where we're going to be taking the story next.
0: Dude, I I will say the the probably the biggest thing though that I'm 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 hyped for uh, is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Um, I'm so excited to see where they go next, and obviously with Spider-Man being my my film of the, of 2021, I, you know, to, yeah, to sort of see off, this, yeah. it's the next jump off point, it's the next chapter, and and whether they acknowledge, they're going to have to acknowledge it a little bit, maybe at the beginning of the film or in some way, because I'm sure that the, the Multiverse of Madness was. Sp- you know, uh, happened because of the events of what happened in Spider Man. One hundred percent. Um, and so I, I, I'm excited to see where that character and where Wanda, especially with Wanda Vision, so being so excellent in 2021, I'm, I'm stoked to see where that all goes.
2: Yeah, that's the other thing too, is to see Wanda come back too, because you know she was definitely one of the honorable mention highlights from 2021 mm-hmm. was having that series, but. Um, yeah, I think with the events, uh, with the way that the, the trailer was tacked on as a an end credit scene to Spider-Man, I think this is that direct sort of association. The multiverse is breaking because of the events of, of what happened in Spider-Man. So it'll have to be acknowledged and, and it will be acknowledged. And I think that is going to be Marvel's next, you know, huge, huge movie. They use the Spider-Man movie to basically get everyone into their movie for the That's next it. one, right? Smart. So, so yeah. smart. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I have a Marvel movie myself, um, and it was really hard to choose just which one. Um, but I think, uh, without question, it's Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Uh, Ragnarok just blew my mind. I think it really changed a lot of people's perspective of the Thor character. Uh, what they didn't... I think what most audiences fail to uh, remember is that Thor has always been a funny character in the MCU, People, oh, they made him too goofy, they made it too silly. And It's like, no, that was the best part of those first two Thor movies. And then Taika just went full steam ahead, playing with that. And so I'm so excited to see a second entry into that mini Thor story within the bigger Thor and MCU universe. So yeah, that's definitely anything Taika Waititi touches, I'm excited to watch. And so this is no exception.
0: Kevin, I just saw the July eighth, twenty twenty two release date, and I didn't think that movie was coming out this year. And I'm so, so excited. I really don't want it to get pushed into another year, but I am, I am so amped for that. Holy crap! Maybe, maybe I want to see that more than multiverse. I, don't I mean, know. I don't know.
1: Con- considering Marvel has like ten to twelve movies and TV shows coming out this year, it's hard to, 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 <laughs> to not to miss one down. or two of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. so.
2: Had another section called Interested uh, on my list here. And on that list is uh, Top Gun, starring Tom Cruise.
0: Oh yeah, I need to watch the first one. Before I, I watch, but but seeing even just the trailer in IMAX, dude, man, it's it, so IMAX, good. Yeah, it felt, yeah, it looks. So I felt good. my heart shake. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks how, crazy. That's how, that's how crazy. booming the movie is, and I, I I'm stoked for it. I just I hope it's not on our most anticipated movies of 2023 list as well, because no, I'm pretty sure it was
1: supposed to come out like what a last, you know, last year, and then it got yeah. pushed now and. Yeah, I mean, and then, that's the case for so many movies this year. But I think I think we're going to get, you know, a majority of them. But when you mention something like Top Gun, it's funny that this trend of, you know, waiting 20 to 30 to 40 years to make sequels to movie is continuing into mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah, and it'll never stop. Given, I mean, considering the success rate from from last year, I'm okay with that if they keep delivering solid, you know, yeah. entries into beloved franchises.
2: Yeah. Well, beloved franchises... Delayed movies. Another one was Mission Impossible Seven. Um, this movie has been oh, yeah. like riddled with delays uh, due to COVID, as it was you know shut down numerous times. Uh, another movie that stars Tom Cruise. So I'm I'm excited to see uh, what uh, Tom Cruise has in store for us with this movie because uh, it should be good.
1: As you mentioned these two movies, Justin, it is crazy that in 2022 we're excited to see. Two action movies starring 60-year-old Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing. The man just keeps on going. And kudos to him for being a champion about uh, fighting COVID on movie sets so that these movies could get made and and we might actually finally get to t- see them. I mean, I think we've been saying this for for two years now, but I think we're all hopeful that... We're reaching the end of, of pandemic status and, and this COVID thing and we can hopefully get back to a bit, you know, our regularly scheduled program and our regular scheduled release date for all these movies and TV shows, because there is just an absolute buttload of awesome stuff that I am stoked to see. Well, that's it, folks. We hope you enjoyed our look back and forward into the world of entertainment. What was your favorite show or movie of 2021? Which left you feeling a bitter taste of disappointment? And what are you looking forward to most in the upcoming year? We'd love to know, Justin, where can they do that?
2: Oh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. They can also reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric.
1: You know, just in case sending an email reminds you too much of 1999 when The Matrix was actually good. <laughs> 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 Justin, when you, when you
0: went into that, I thought you were going to sing for a second. You were like,
1: oh! <laughs> <laughs> I
2: thought it was an episode of Schmigadune. Subvert expectations.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, we are now full steam ahead into our 2022 podcast schedule. Uh, we're super busy, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to know when the newest episodes drop. And remember to leave a glowing review. Uh, Because, let's be honest, you know this episode was better than Resurrections. All right, that is my last (laughs) Matrix bashing (laughs) joke of the episode. Uh, Obviously, we've got all of the fantastic content we talked about today, highlighting the last year of geek attainment, Uh, plus so much more. We have our latest Watch Club for the Disney Plus series, The Book of Boba Fett, plus our first episode of our weekly program, This Week in Geek. But until next time, Justin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's show. And as we say, love ya. Stay home safe, guys. Peace.